to the podcast Bench Talk. I'm Joe Hilditch, High Sheriff of Herefordshire. Today I'm talking to John Marshall, who is the Mayor's Officer, City Marshal, Driver and General Factotum to the current Mayor. But more than this, he's, an, he's a Hereford aficionado with tales to tell and a life given to Herefordshire, which is somewhat surprising with his Glasgow roots. John has lived in Hereford for 50 years and having spent some, t- some years as town crier, often to be seen in his splendid red robes. Now he's more often seen in a dark, smart suit, with camera in hand as he records moments of importance around the county at momentous events. Today, Bench Talk comes from a bench in the Mayor's Parlour in the Town Hall, which is quiet and full of history, about which I'm sure we will hear more. So, hello, John. Hello. Hello. So, tell me me about your move to Herefordshire, why you came down from Glasgow. I, I love a Scottish accent. I came down in 1971. My mother came down here to start a new life and I decided to join her. I came down for the weekend, quite liked it, wasn't sure, but I bought a return ticket and I lost it. So I thought, I'm not going to spend money going back up. So I stayed. <laughs> so what did you do in Hereford? Because I know you were you were going to be a police officer, but you decided... Well, in Scotland, I was in the police force. I did apply down here, but because I had left the police force, they wouldn't let me join complications in that and I started to get jobs I wanted to meet people I knew no one so I got a job in what used to be the Red Lion Hotel which is long gone and I made friends there that I'm still friends with now since 1971 it's a good way to meet people walking by in the bar of course so then did you get married and have a family yes um, Sue and I have been married for a number of years now and we did have a son Daniel who sadly we lost uh, five years ago. I'm sorry. But yes, uh, Sue's a nurse, uh, a mental nurse. Uh, I often say to her she's more mental than nurse, but that's just another thing. <laughs> um, and we, we have a good life apart from the last five years when we lost that. Of course, of course. Um, I know you used to do some DJing as well along the <laughs> way, and I, and I used to come to Cherries and you dance. Did? Yeah, I was remember wondering. me? Yes. Oh, I, I tell you, not only do I remember you, but you're still talked about now. They still talk about you. <laughs> um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a job. I was a DJ and got a, a job. Uh, Cherries had been open a year. It was from 1976 to 1982, uh, and it was a great time. Hereford's first nightclub. If you were 18, you were probably too old to get in, but uh, that's another story. Uh, and so much so that we have now a Cherries reunion once a year. How did that come about? What happened was, when I lost my son, uh, I used to do a lot of airport runs with my limousine company. And I was driving back down, I had this thought in my head uh, about Cherries. So I, I, I'd stopped in a traffic jam on the M6. So I put on Facebook, does anyone remember Cherries discotheque? By the time I got to Junction 7, I was inundated with people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my mind, I said to my son, who who'd obviously wasn't with me, Daniel, what do you think if we do a Cherries reunion and raise money for charity? And as I came off at Junction 7, uh, I turned right, and there was a bank of black clouds all the way down the west sky, and the sun was going down. And as the sun dropped, a big arch came underneath it, a big smile, golden smile. And I thought, Daniel. That's my sign. Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. did the Cherries reunion, which we've been doing every year apart from last year. And we have managed to raise quite a, an amount of money for local charities. Not a huge amount, but probably about eight or nine thousand pounds, which we are slowly giving away to different charities who need help. And it's wonderful. We see friends we haven't seen for many years. Uh, they've got five original DJs do it. 
and we have a lot a lot of fun well every bit counts doesn't it yes. i'm going to come to the next one you must <laughs> I, can, I can see a photo of you here uh, on the side as town crier very resplendent in your red robes there perhaps you could tell me a little bit more about that position and your time in it yeah i i really really enjoy being town crier um i think it's been scottish and having a big mouth and i can shout a lot uh, I also became drum major in the pipe band because of my voice. Roger was a mayor's officer for 32 years and I used to do a bit of spare time work for them, picking the mayor up from the airport or whatever. And I bumped into him one day in B&Q and he said, John, I've got a new job for you. I said, what's that? He said, I want you to be a new town crier. I went, you what? <laughs> and I said, well, hang on, I'm busy. I I'm really quite busy. How long will it take? And he said, at the moment, about 37 seconds a year. <laughs> So I said, any particular, <laughs> yeah, no, any particular 37 seconds? He said, opening of the Mayfair. Uh, what you have to do is, I ring the bell, and I go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, but a lot louder. Uh, play silence for the city marshal. And that was my first job. And Roger said to me, he said, I can't give you the job until you've done it. So I rang the bell, and Roger stepped up to the microphone, and he stopped. He stepped back again, and he looked over and he says, you've got the job. And then we carried on. So I became town crier and I really, really enjoyed it. The trouble is I had to get off eventually because uh, in that period I became the mayor's secretary for the year. And then after that, I was given the position of mayor's officer, which is also city marshal. So I couldn't open up saying, please silence for the city marshal and say, here I am. <laughs> so I've had to give it up. And we but haven't got you... one go around with the bell doing yeah we did it. lots of things yeah the old oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah it was tremendous fun what would you be announcing if you were doing that well we, we didn't do an awful lot because it's a position that hadn't been used for many years properly historic hereford we lead the procession through hereford uh, with the high sheriff and the mayor and myself and in case i was wearing a big red cloak i had a, a bell and a loud voice so basically I was a walking Belisha beacon. They saw me coming and had to get out of the way. Yeah. One of the, the most unusual things I did, uh, we had a mayor, Jim Kenyon, who's well known in the city, and we'd been invited to London to a boxing match between retired SES and retired American Special Forces. And Jim said, I want you to come as town crier. So I had to step into the ring and ring my bell and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, play silence for the whatever. Uh, and after I did it, there was a, a guy, a reporter there, and I said, well, why are you doing this? He said, well, I'm broadcasting in America. I said, how many people have been listening? He said, about two million. I thought, I'm glad I didn't know before they went into the thing. I think it was the Sun newspaper were doing a, a live feed onto Facebook, and there was something like 176,000 people saw me getting into the thing and not falling over. So I was quite pleased. <laughs> so unusual things, but fun. Lots and lots of Let's fun. just come back to the Mayfair because I know this year we were meant to have a really big anniversary. But yeah. perhaps tell us a bit about the history of the well, Mayfair. Mayf Mayfair, this is the 900th year of Mayfair. It hasn't been continuous, but they've, they've done something to keep it going. And unfortunately, because of COVID, there was no Mayfair. Um, so we, we had to... To, the cathedral had to come up with something to renew it. So we did a virtual Mayfair. Um, because 900 years of any fair is the oldest fair of its type in the country. It had to be marked. Um, we were supposed to have the Mayfair in August, but that couldn't happen because they couldn't get people to come uh, with fairground rides. So we, we produced, uh, I'm, I'm very proud to say, I produced a video for Mayfair 900. 
Uh, but it's such a thing, another thing for Hereford to be so proud of. So what was yeah. the history, you were telling me before, the about his- the history with oh, the, yeah. the, the bishop and the well, mayor nine, and the sheriff? Yeah. 900 years ago, the, the bishop was quite poor. I'm sure he is now, but then he was definitely poor. So the king came up with an idea to have a fair, there's actually two fairs, one in May and one in October. They're hiring fairs to get staff, allegedly. But the problem is what happened then was that they, they were given the rights that within a 15 mile radius of Hereford during those nine days of the fair, all taxes, anything that was paid, any profits were made, went to the bishop. So you can imagine the county, the city council went over pleased about this situation. Um, and that's why nowadays we have this opening ceremony where the, the, the town crier normally rings a bell to start the ceremony of handing over the bushels of wheat. Because we are saying to the cathedral, here's five pounds of wheat to make up for the money you have lost. Because the bishop eventually realised it wasn't working too well, so they handed it over to the city to take care of. And that's why we have the ceremony, and that's the story behind Mayfair. But 900 years is a lot. It's amazing. Very, very historic. Mm. Do you have any other stories about mayors and high sheriffs? Well, we've always worked very closely with the high sheriff's office over the years. um, And I've worked with quite a few and we've had some good times but the one thing that, that people will be talking later about um, about uh, different things that Owen, Owen Tudor for the start it was the high sheriff that gave the order to have his head cut off no one else there was a lot of guilt involved the high sheriff of Herefordshire a um, long time ago left Hereford and went to live in Nottingham and his best friend was Prince John so when you actually watch a Robin Hood movie or the TV programme and you see the Sheriff of Nottingham, just remember he was the Sheriff of Hereford. And that's why he's so grumpy, because he misses Hereford so much. Well, I hope I'm not quite so grumpy no, these days. don't leave me to Nottingham, no, please. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. I love Herefordshire far too much. Let's come around then to the Mayor's Officer job. Tell me a bit more about that. Were you trained? No, I, due to circumstances, I had no training at all. Uh, I had been mayor's secretary for years, so I knew, and I'd worked part-time as a mayor's officer, support mayor's officer, so I, I knew roughly what was happening, but I had to really drop on the ground and, and run as fast as you could. I like to think um, that Roger Stokes, who was a mayor's officer, that I knew what he did, and I've tried to do it in his, his way. So far, the, the results have been positive. Yes, every, make, everyone says so. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you so much. I, I, I put a lot of thought into it, I put a lot of care, I love this city. I'm not Herefordian, people are shocked to find that, but I do love this city and I think it deserves the best it can get in relation to civic duties. Well, we're sitting here in the Mayor's Parlour, which is absolutely full of civic treasures. Can you tell me, for example, a bit more about these heavy swords and maces and the livery team? We have a a wonderful livery team. They they wear the civic uniforms and we come out for occasions like uh, switching on the Christmas lights, the team come out. Three Choirs Festival is a huge thing for Hereford. And obviously, the Member on Sunday is another big event. And we have, uh, we have got four mace bearers. We have a sword bearer and two stave bearers. Now, these go back in history a long time. Before the mayor was a mayor, they were actually the chief bailiff. And as such, they could arrest people. They could... Uh, control a lot more than they did and they weren't always liked so they had to have bodyguards so what they had first was two state bearers in front of them holding people back and if necessarily clubbing them over the head to get them out of the way 
I mean, uh, we, we don't do that anymore. So these are the Macy type ones? No, the, the staves, the big, long back oh, those ones. sticks yeah. with the silver tops. Yeah. Uh, they would hold the people back. If you got past that, you then had to go through the four Macy's. And until the time of Charles II, they were weapons used in war. And if you got past them, you got a thump on the head or somewhere. I've no record of it ever happened. And then once you got past the four uh, Macy's, you then had to run through the sword bearer to get to the mayor. So it was a protective thing. But then the time of Charles II, it became more civic. Our Macy's are silver. We're not allowed to hit people over the head because we could break them. I wouldn't do the person much good. Um, so it's, it's purely for civic yeah, processions now. Processions. Ceremonial. Look Ceremonial. They look Ceremonial. great. They look great. And um, I've seen, the last time I saw it, I saw the mayor's chain. That's yeah. some piece of work, isn't it? What's the history behind that? The mayor's chain is stunning. And I actually have the original receipt for 85 guineas when it was made originally. Um, we, 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 do, we get chain envy from other mayors because our chain is particularly good. It, it tells the history of Hereford again. It tells you about Herefordshire as a county. There's apples on there. There's the town hall, the old town hall that was in the high town. The black and white house is on there. The cathedral's on there. So every link tells a story. Uh, and we have a, the newest link we had until two years ago was from the SES. They are presented with this gold link and it hangs in the middle. And then we were approached by 18 Regiment Signals, SAS, Special Forces. And they had a link made, which is now on the chain, which is our newest one. So we just took one out that wasn't too significant and replaced it with that one. Um, it's three kilograms of gold. And after the mayor's worn it for some time, it becomes very heavy. I'm sure. <laughs> but it's something to be very proud of again. Yeah, well, it looks absolutely and, and once it comes out of the safe, it's my responsibility. Yeah. So are you we, carrying a mace or something, are you, at that point? No, just a big <laughs> mouth. Um, I'd like to say at this point, we're not in, the mayor's office is not here for the mayor. The mayor's office is here for the chain. They all know that and we tell them often. <laughs> and there's something else you told me about the mayor, being the mayor of Hereford in particular. Was the most important mayor? Well, the, yeah, the mayor of Hereford. This is something that people don't realise, and I didn't know until I started. The mayor of Hereford is actually the number one mayor in England. Um, and that's because of over the centuries, we have always been loyal to the kings and queens, the crown. And when we have a huge occasion, uh, the photograph we have on the wall is Queen Elizabeth's coronation. And there's a photograph of the mayor, and he's in the bottom left-hand corner because he is the senior mayor. Uh, it's been long earned by other mayors in the past, and we are very, very pleased to, to have that, that position. So how did you become this walking encyclopedia that you <laughs> seem to be? I, I got the job, and part of the job is doing the tours, which I love doing up here, giving people, as I did with yourself, doing the tour of the silver and the history of Hereford, so I had to learn more. But once I started to look into it, I realised what a special city Hereford is. For example, we're the second oldest city by charter in the country. Um, unfortunately, we share that with Worcester, but that's another thing. Second the, to who? Uh, the, the oldest city by charter in the United Kingdom is Ely in Cambridgeshire. So yeah. we come second after them. Um, and that's, uh, we've got the original document, signed, not signed, but from Richard I, Richard the Lionheart, 9th of October 1189. is when we became... Extraordinary. I know. Uh, so and it's old. here, 830 years old, and they're not copies, they are the originals. So actually, the first Mayfair was before we became a city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Long before. Because strange. don't forget, the Mayfair was originally for the bishop. It wasn't for the city. Of course. But we've always been known as a city. We are the, the ancient city of the Marches, the Welsh borders. 
and always known as a city, but King Richard I uh, granted us the, the proper city entitlement. And the reason, one of the reasons we got it is because we gave him 40 pieces of silver to go to the Holy Land on his, uh, his quest. And for example, I understand Worcester gave him three, so we're one up on them for that. Every single year in April, we have to pay the government £40. A cheque goes off for £40, and if we don't pay that £40, we're no longer the city. But you didn't pay it last year. Uh, no, not last year, to be fair. It was, it was back when Hereford and Worcester became Oh, when they county. came together, yeah. Then they said a mistake was made, and it wasn't paid. So we now have a new charter dated 2000 from Queen Elizabeth II to uh, make That's us back into the city. interesting, isn't it? It's fascinating. I love these old stories. We mentioned before, you mentioned before, about Owen Tudor and his place in Herefordshire history. Yeah, Owen Tudor is a fascinating story, I think. What happened in the War of the Roses, we had the Yorkers and the Lancastrians, and the Welsh decided to join the side of the Lancastrians. So they formed an army in Wales, more South Wales than North, and it was led by Owen Tudor's son, Jasper Tudor, but he took his dad with him, as most boys do, to battle, because he was famous, he was well known. He, was, he married the widow of, I think it was Henry VII, and so he was connected to royalty. They came to Mortimer's Cross, there was a huge, big battle, and just before the battle commenced, the Welsh were standing in their ranks, and behind the Duke of York and all his troops, a strange event happened. As the sun was coming up, because battles were fought early in the morning, there was a parhelion. Now, parhelion is when three suns come up together. It's an optical illusion formed by ice crystals in the sky. And I've seen a photograph, one taken in the 70s, so it still happens. The Welsh basically looked up and thought, oh, uh, what's going on here then? <laughs> and the Duke of York very quickly looked behind him, saw the parhelion, and shouted to his troops, this is a sign from God, the Holy Trinity, we shall win this battle. They did win the battle, and the Welsh made their escape. Uh, Jasper and some of his army turned right and went towards Wales. But poor old Owen Shooter, his father, who was 64 at the time, turned left and headed toward Lemster. And I'd like to say, I say to all Lemster mayors when they come in, going to Lemster any day of the week is a bit iffy, but he decided to do it after the battle. He got about... <laughs> I do say it to the mayors, I don't keep it secret. Um, he got as far as Kingsland the village of Kingsland. He was captured, he was brought into Hereford, um, he was put up in what is now the Green Dragon Hotel. He was found guilty of treason and he woke up one morning uh, and a collar had gone from his jacket. Now usually what they did was they'd send the collar to the opposing army and say give us 500 pieces of sale where you can have the person back. But in his case he wasn't so lucky. He was taken into high town, made to kneel down and had his head cut off and the plaque is there to mark the spot, just outside Marks and Spencer's. Then what happened was, was kind of odd. There was a woman in Hereford who was registered as a mad woman, can't think why, but she took his head, she brushed his hair, she washed the blood off his head, and put it under the, the preaching cross in Hightown, and people and put candles around it and flowers, and people would come and look at the head of, of, of poor old Judah. Can you imagine? Uh, no. I don't know how long it sat there, I can't imagine it there too long. And then he was, a very, he was originally buried down at uh, Greyfriars. And so Owen Tudor, was that the beginning of the Tudors? Yes, it was kind of the start. The mm. Tudors came after him. 
In actual fact, when Owen was captured, he had his sword. And what happened back in those days, every prince that was born had a sword made for them on the day of their birth. Owen had a sword. Uh, but when he was captured, his sword was taken off him, broken in half, and sent to London to the king to prove he was dead. 56 years later, his great-grandson brought it back to Hereford, and that was King Henry VIII. Came to Hereford with the sword, presented to the city, it was repaired, and it is now our mourning sword and sits in the mayor's parlour for people to see. Right here next to us. It is, and the only time that sword will come out, the only time, is if the head of state dies or the mayor in office dies, then it will come out, otherwise it doesn't move. The other amazing story you told me about was the siege of Hereford, which was obviously a bit later, but that's a great story. Perhaps we could well, hear a bit more about that. Yeah, the, the siege of Hereford was um, not the Scots' proudest moment, but what happened, we had the Civil War again, and we had Oliver Cromwell and Charles I. Oliver Cromwell went to Scotland, and he hired approximately 100,000 troops, I believe 60,000 foot, 40,000 horse troops. And basically they came to England and sacked England. Anyone who was for the king, they destroyed, they killed, they kept, whatever. And they made their way to Hereford. They eventually got to Hereford. And they laid siege to the city. And they laid siege to the city for about five and a half weeks. Uh, there was about 100,000 of them, plus their followers, and they were camped all around. Uh, the main place by the Victoria Bridge is a piece of raised land there. And that was their cannon were behind that bridge. So we're not allowed to touch that because it's historic. And that's where they'd fire in the castle. After five and a half weeks, they thought, well, we can't do this. Inside the city, including the, the members of Hereford public, there was 1,500 people, and they held off 100,000. Wow. The Scottish troops heard that Charles was coming from, uh, uh, from Worcester, so they decided to give it up and move off to Gloucestershire, where they carried on the pillaging and the other stuff that they did. Eventually, Charles came to Hereford. He had dinner with a bishop in the cathedral, and he announced that because we had kept his city in his name, he gave us part of our coat of arms, which is the ten saltires of Scotland and the two lions' collars from the Earl of Leven, who was the leader of the Scottish troops. And that is now part of our history. So perhaps going a little bit more to the, the Hereford coat of arms, which is sitting on the other side yes. of the mayor's part there, and tell us a bit more about it's that. It's just behind you at the moment. Um, it starts off, it's, it's an amazing history. The coat of arms is the city of Featherford. Uh, in the middle, we've got three lines of Richard Lionheart. They should be gold, but they're not. They're sort of grey colour because Featherford decided that, the red background. That's because it was Richard the Lionheart who made us a city in the first place. Around the edge, you can see a blue area with ten white crosses. That's the Saltires of Scotland. On either side, there's two lines rampant with collars on. Those ten crosses were taken away by Charles to give it to the city because we defended the city and the two collars were from Earl of Leven's uh, coat of arms. Above there is an interesting part, there's a helm, another word for helmet, and it's facing right and it has a gold visor which is closed. And that is to note we have never, the city of Hereford has never been beaten in battle. And we share that honour with just one other city in the United Kingdom and that is the city of London. We're the only two allowed to have that in the coat of arms. Above that is a lion holding a sword. That just shows that we have always been loyal to the crown throughout the years. And I won't read uh, the Latin. Latin underneath, but basically what it says is the ward through faithfulness to the crown. 
So there you have in that one coat of arms, you have the history of Hereford, important history. Uh, and again, something else for the city of Hereford and the, the people of Hereford to be proud of. It's a lovely coat of arms. It is. When Hereford is so, so old, there must be mysteries and secret passages and ghosts and things. Yeah, there's, there's passages all underneath the city. Uh, I mean, part of what I didn't mention, when the Scottish troops came, uh, the Hereford people blew up an arch on the bridge. Uh, where left bank is now on the city side to stop the troops coming in. It was eventually built. And underneath there, there's a door. I've never been in that door, but I believe it leads on to all the passageways under the city that all terminate at the cathedral. I don't want to speculate why they didn't finish at the cathedral, but they did. Um, in actual fact... You're not going to come back to the bishop again, are you? I, I have to. The bishop's become a friend of ours, so I don't want to say anything about <laughs> the bishop. I, I used to be a disc jockey in Hereford uh, for quite a number of years. And in Saxe's they've got a basement. The Pippin, which is now gone, has a basement. And many other places have And they're all linked by tunnels. I've never been brave enough to go in there because I get claustrophobic, so I don't go. But yes, it's famous. And as for ghosts, yeah, plenty of ghosts in Hereford. We have one here in the town hall. You met him? I have had a conversation uh -huh. with him. It was a he. Um, when we built our silver room, which is a museum that we now have, the Civic Museum, three years ago, the room was empty. And I was standing there with the gentleman who was then the mayor's officer, having a conversation. And I suddenly became aware of a being on my left-hand side. And I looked over, and in my mind, I went, hello. <laughs> and he says, what are you doing? I said, well, we're emptying this, but this is my home, why are you, you changing it? I said, well, we're turning the mayor's parlor into a museum to show the, the city silver that belongs to the people of Hereford. We have to show it to people. Otherwise, you have to go into the basement to a little safe. So we're rebuilding it. And he looked and he said, that sounds interesting. I'll come back and have a look. Which point he disappeared. Now, I thought it was my imagination. The mayor's officer, who was standing about three feet away, suddenly let out a yelp and ducked. I said, what's the matter with you? And he said, something cold just ran across the back of my neck. Take off it what you may. Ooh, but um, he was a friendly tingly. ghost now hopefully he's happy with what we eventually did well, I hope he's come back and had a look <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. you can ask, ask him around for a visit like <laughs> you had me Covid, last 18 months that must have been difficult here in the office as well it, it, it's, it? it's been a nightmare for everybody and, and just as much for us uh, when Covid became serious the Mayor's Secretary's emails were all cancellation, cancellation, cancellation because the Mayor does a lot of work and can I just say at this point the Mayor is a volunteer don't get paid to be mayor, they don't get paid to be a city council, they all do it for nothing, for the love of the city. But we had cancellations and we didn't do much. The mayor at the time, Councillor Kath Hay, was given a second year, which was very unusual, um, to try and finish the year Well, off. of course, we thought things were going to improve so quickly. Didn't we, we left the office, we, we set the calendar in the office at the 10th of May, uh, 10th of March, sorry, when it happened, and we left it there to see when we came back, and we literally came back. The town hall opened last week. It's now open again for business, which is wonderful news. Um, and the bookings are now coming mm. back. So that's 18 months, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's a long yeah. time. I've been kept busy working at home, which is good. So yeah. uh, the, the one thing that we do for mayors, uh, each year the mayor is presented with a book. And we were nine years behind because they take a lot of making. But I'm pleased to say in the last, uh, originally 15 months, I've got up. the books back up to date. Yeah, well and done. we're not behind anymore. So that was a worthwhile cause.
Just coming around to my usual question to all my podcasters, which is about three top tips for Herefordshire tourism or Hereford tourism. And I'm guessing you're going to stay Hereford with yours. Yeah, I think I need to stay in Hereford. Yeah, I have to because it's, it's such a wonderful city. The, the first thing I just happened to mention is that we have the Civic Museum here uh, and I give tours and talk about the history of Hereford in a lot more detail. Uh, and people seem to enjoy it. We get a lot of uh, children coming in from schools and cubs and brownies. Um, and we scare them with the stories of the swords and stuff. Um, and then after that, I think the cathedral. I love the cathedral, especially the windows. The new SES window in a few years ago is, is magnificent. There's a little chapel at the back that we often go to light a candle for a son. Uh, and that is Daniel's chapel in our minds, and, and we love it. And the other place, on a more modern basis, is Left Bank. Left Bank did a lot for this city. And it, it, although it's modern, it's a wonderful place to sit and watch the world go by, watch the, the Y come down and the old bridge. And it's just, there's so much in Hereford. It would take a long, long time. Side the museum's another very, very good visit. Sorry, that was four. <laughs> never mind, never mind. We can, we can get them all out there. I know you were also talking earlier about the need for volunteers here at the museum. I mean, anyone who's interested, well, you say. Anyone who's interested, we're looking for people who are retired or don't have much to do is to come in and do the tours around the Civic Museum. Um, we are aided by the, Hereford, the Mayor's Hereford Guild of Guides, but it only enables to open us on a Wednesday. We'd like to open five days a week so people can just pop in, learn the history of Hereford and see the silver. So interest in history, probably oh, quite definitely. useful. Yes, definitely. <laughs> if not, do what I did and learn it, yeah. happily learn it. I mean, how, how do you feel about the next few months coming months I feel very positive yeah I feel very positive we, we're doing a lot more we're going to places yesterday we were both at the cathedral um, it, it's just it's exciting to be back and it feels fresh because we haven't done it for 18 months um, the odd thing about my job I'm always here the mayor's change every year but I'm always here for the last uh, five years or so and at the, the service yesterday I didn't know any of the mayors I usually know every mayor in this, the county quite well so we're getting to learn to, mm. to know people again. Of course. And so it, it's wonderful. It's, I'm really looking forward to the future. Yeah. Thank you, John. I think you've probably got things to get on with by the sounds of things, but such entertaining chatter and to hear about all this history. And there is so much more I know we could hear. You've undoubtedly given a lot to the city of Hereford and the county beyond. Your knowledge is extraordinary. Meeting with John as High Sheriff has been almost as common as meeting the mayor in the last few months. And he always has his lens trained in recording important moments in the community. I usually think that I can put my podcastees in touch with others to help them in their work. But I think with you, it's probably definitely the other way round. And I should get my notebook out. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.